Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. As we're all uh, facing a period of extended isolation across the world due to the coronavirus, I thought I'd start a new series for my podcast, uh, branching out from the educational aspect to talk about some of my favourite producers across the world. And this is an opportunity to learn about the different regions, as well as to learn about different producers, which I think are really important. So the criteria for featuring as, a, as one of my favourite producers is that I have to love the producer, of course, and preferably I've visited them. And the wines stand out for their character and individuality, so there's something different from everything else. And the producers have had a huge influence on the region and the development of the region in which the, the wines are made. Uh, So these could be iconic producers, historic producers, or relatively young producers who have really shaped um, the region in recent years. Or some producers will represent the future of a region, so where I think a region is going and how that producer will uh, shape that future and why they're important, not just now but in future years as well. So the first producer I'm going to feature is one of my favourites, is Andrew Will in Washington State. I visited um, the winery back in 2013. Um, I didn't know too much about it. It was a producer that um, we sold at the shop I worked at in Manchester um, and quite expensive as well, so I was intrigued. And so I was visiting a friend in Seattle and decided to visit the winery, which is on Vashon Island, just off Seattle in Puget Sound. And this is um, a really beautiful island and quite remote. Not many people live on it. And the winery itself is really hidden away in the middle of the island, in the middle of a wood, and quite hard to find. It's really secluded and isolated. And like a lot of producers, um, Andrew Will is based in the Seattle region. Most are based in Woodenville, just outside of Seattle. Uh, But Andrew Will is on Vashon Island. But the grapes are coming from um, eastern Washington so from Columbia Valley, and so the grapes are uh, picked early in the morning when it's very cool and then uh, trucked across the Cascades into Seattle uh, at cool temperatures where the wine will be made. So quite an unusual winemaking circumstance that the winery is so far from uh, the vineyards themselves, but there's still a very strong connection between the two, and Andrew Will is a winery which really expresses the sense of place. So who is Andrew Will? Well, in actual fact, the winemaker and owner is Chris Kamada, and he started the winery in the mid-1980s, and Andrew was his nephew, and Will his son. And Will is actually taking over winemaking and control of the winery now, so the next generation is um, coming into effect. And Chris started this winery um, with his sister, which is why um, part of the wine is named after his nephew. And she was in the restaurant business, though she didn't really get that actively involved, and it's really uh, Chris's project. Sadly, she died in 1995, and the the greatest of all Andrew Will wines is called Sorella, which means sister in Italian, as a tribute to her and um, her part in the foundation of the winery. So Chris Kamada is a very eccentric and opinionated character and charismatic and someone um, that is a pleasure and an experience to meet. When I visited in 2013, not knowing too much about the place or him, I turned up with my friend and um, he was quite grumpy, didn't seem that excited to see us more of a chore to take us around the winery and taste us on the wines. 
but he did liven up once he realised how passionate I was about wine, and also my friend less about wine but about drinks, and we had, and also about literature as well. And we had a big conversation about Samuel Beckett, we had a conversation about yeast and the different role they play in wine and beer and and other uh, fermentation processes. And we actually stayed there for four hours, uh, tasting through all the Andrew Will wines going back to 1995 and the Cabernet Sauvignon, which was the precursor of Sorella, which, um, nearly 20 years old, was drinking wonderfully well and really showing how well the wines of Washington age, not just the wines of Andrew Will, but in general. So a little bit of history about Andrew Will. Beginning in the 1980s, and I asked Chris, you know, what made him start his own winery, and he just said because he thought he could do better than anyone else was doing at that time. So this is the really the, the beginnings of Washington wine. Uh, the modern Washington wine industry begins in the early 1970s, and by the late 1980s, there are only a handful of wineries in the state, and I'm sure quality was quite varied. Some good producers emerging, but also some very... Um, variable wine. So he thought he could do better and he had a warehouse in downtown Seattle where he was making the wine. He's working in the restaurant business then so he was tasting quite a bit of the local wine which is why he thought he could do better. And then in the early 90s the Washington wine scene really boomed and Andrew Will was at the heart of that particularly with Merlot. So a little bit of Washington history. In 1991 uh, Washington decided that Merlot was going to be a signature grape variety, mainly because no one else had that variety. It wasn't really well known. Uh, there wasn't that much planted in California. They could have made Cabernet Sauvignon their signature variety, but figured that Napa Valley and California already had that and there was no point competing. And the Merlot that was coming out of Washington was very high quality. And then coincidentally, a few months later, 60 Minutes broadcast its famous documentary called The French Paradox, in which it explored kind of in a reaction to the uh, the health movement and the neo-prohibition, this movement which was rising in the US at the time, why were the French so healthy and living so long when they drunk, when they drank so much wine? And so it was really kind of promoting wine as being healthy, which, uh, and the most planted grape variety in France is Merlot. And so the demand for Merlot rose exponentially with people drinking it across the country for health reasons. And so a lot was planted in California. And Washington, but Washington already had it, or it had Merlot as its signature grape variety. And so what the Washington wine industry really, really went from being quite obscure to, to very important. And people were buying the wines from Washington, particularly Merlot, all across the country. So a real explosion in the Washington wine scene. And Andrew Will was very well placed to take advantage of that because um, Chris had already started making single vineyard Merlots from different areas of Washington state. And, so, and those wines were extremely good. Andrew Will emerged as one of the top producers based on the quality of the Merlot that um, Chris was making at the time, especially as a lot of the Merlot being made in Washington was fairly low quality. People were drinking it for medicinal purposes, and um, they weren't really going to spend too much too much on the wine. And that's how Merlot got its reputation as being cheap and cheerful, leading up to the sideways um, excoriation of Merlot, where Miles refuses to drink it. You know, the, the myth has it that um, Sideways destroyed the reputation of Merlot, but it's actually just so much cheap Merlot was being made that the reputation is already on the wane. And that is a great shame because there is some spectacular Merlot made across the world, including in Washington state. And Andrew Will still makes extremely good Merlot. But Chris also makes other wines. Um, this Cabernet Sauvignon is extremely good, and he makes several different Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, particularly from the Champu Vineyard, which is a large vineyard where some of the best producers in Washington State get their Cabernet Sauvignon from, and that's um, always extremely high quality, and that's where the Sorella comes from. 
In the early 2000s, Chris established his own vineyard called Two Blondes, and the Merlot that comes from there is exceptional and some really good wine and as that vineyard matures the wines get better and better and really rivaling uh, some of the wines that he sources from other established vineyards. Also makes um, extremely good Cabernet Franc so really focusing on Bordeaux grape varieties although he has made Syrah in the past as well and has experimented with Viognier. And as he's been making wine um, over since the 1980s, there's definitely been a transition in style, going from single varietal wines to blends. So when I met him, he discussed how the character of a wine is really enhanced by the blend with the different grape varieties, bringing in different characteristics and really um, complementing each other and increasing the quality and the depth and concentration of the wine. So a definite development in his winemaking style, but still sourcing from single vineyards and different expressions of sight. So really exploring the terroir of Washington. And this has all happened as Washington has developed from being a small wine producer to the second biggest producer in the US. And he is definitely one of the iconic figures of the Washington wine scene, really leading in quality and inspiring other producers to follow suit, working with similar vineyards and similar grape varieties to produce these really high quality styles of wine. And now that his son Will is taking over, he's following in his father's footsteps, he's learnt from his father, um, still taking advice, but he's definitely uh, taking control. But the wines that I continue to taste have maintained their quality and their character, and it'll be interesting to see how they developed, whether other great varieties will come into the mix, or whether the blends will change. And so, like Washington State itself, Andrew Will is going into the next generation and looking towards the future, how it can develop and really work with the different sites that they've learned to produce really high quality wines, such as uh, Shampoo Vineyard, Red Mountain, Red Willow, and some of the other new emerging AVAs. Washington is very much a changing wine scene all the time. So if you've never tasted the wines of Andrew Will, I really recommend checking them out. Extremely high quality, really good representations of Washington, and a really good introduction to the quality that Washington wine can produce. So thank you for listening, and if you want any more podcast content, I'll be rolling out my favourite producers over the course of the next month or so. And you can also listen to my other podcast, uh, Wind Up Weekly, which I present with Katie Canfield, which is all about the week's news in wine, updating you about what's going on in the wine world. So thanks for listening, I'm Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink. Thank you.